0: Hey guys, how you doing? JP Saricolia here, and welcome again to another episode of Age of Heroes, whoever is watching this through YouTube, uh, but also to those who are listening through iTunes, Teacher, Spreaker, CastBox, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Podcaster, uh, through iHeartRadio, through Spotify, you know, there's so many different platforms. Uh, but I thank you all for taking time to, to watch this, and uh, this is a very important week. We are celebrating, uh, all comic book geeks are celebrating the 80th anniversary of Green Lantern. Uh, DC is throwing a big party on it as usual. Lately we've been having so many celebrations with Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman too, but Green Lantern is another important figure in the DC universe uh, and definitely one that deserves a lot of attention. So today I want to, in this podcast, I want to really concentrate into this character that is so iconic, but at the same time, uh, so misunderstood by so many uh, readers and actually bypassed by so many comic book readers. For other characters that are many considered more important, but I do believe that Green Lantern is as important as Batman or as Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash to the DC mythos, so I want to really talk about it today. And while I'm doing that, I may have some Gameplay in the background from Injustice 2, one of my favorite games, fighting games, but also one game that every time I feel the need to play superheroes in video games, uh, this is one of the games that I choose. I love it. It's a combination of two of my favorite things in the world, which is, of course, superheroes and all, also fighting games. So I'm going to have some gameplay for those who, who love to watch that here in YouTube. But definitely, it's a, it's a very important day. And of course, uh, DC is throwing a celebration, is making a party. Uh, at last Last week, I think you know it was last week. They released some new issues, and uh, I think they're available digitally as well. I'm not so sure right now. I haven't really checked, but they have new covers. I think they're just physical. You have artists like Nicole Scott, Matt Taylor, Dub Mankey, Neil Adams, David Finch, Philip Tan, Ivan Reese, uh, Jim Lee. So they have uh, really stellar. List of artists working on this variant covers, and I will have uh, for those who are watching. I will have them on the screen. I will have some of the the cover art for those to to really enjoy to see the quality of this art. But yeah, you know, DC is celebrating, um, and, and it's definitely a character um, that I could say that is so misunderstood, and I've been part of the problem as well, or not. Uh, I would say misunderstood, but a character that I miss, has been. Uh, In many ways, not as respected, as well respected as any other character in the DC Universe. It's a character that sometimes we, many of us, we bypass growing up. I remember growing up as a child. I didn't get to read as as many comics for Green Lanterns. First and foremost, because I was young and I didn't have the money to spend, so I didn't uh, really buy as many Green Lantern books. Uh, You know, I will always go for the, you know, in this case for DC, I will go for Superman or Batman. Those were the ones or the Justice League. Those were the ones that I, you know, I would get. Um, in the Marvel side, I would go for, you know, Spider-Man. I would go for Fantastic Four, Avengers, the the X-Men. But beyond that, you know, I didn't really have the the time or the money to afford, you know, the Green Lantern comic book. So I really didn't pay as much attention to it after in later years. And I would say, with all honesty, that actually the one that really got me so hooked into to reading comics for Green Lantern was, uh, uh, you know, in this case, Jeff Jones. I, I, even though Jeff Jones took a lot of inspiration from previous comics, it really got me really hooked to the Green Lantern mythos to the point that I went back and reread a lot of stuff and stuff that I miss over the years. And um, o- over time, I think, uh, uh, you know, my admiration for the character has grown. Uh, and definitely appreciate what has been done. But you really need to see the history of this character that is, um, you know, it's so vast. Because when you think about Green Lantern, sometimes, most of us, we have an idea who Green Lantern is, depending on the Green Lantern we grew up watching or reading in comics. But, uh, you know, uh, for me, it was Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan was always my Green Lantern. But you have to realize that before Hal Jordan, you have Alan Scott that was back in the 40s. It was the original Green Lantern. Uh, in this case, for the golden age of comics. And uh, in this case, Alan Scott was introduced in All-American Comics number no. 16, which was 1940. It was definitely one of the important uh, characters of the time. It was popular. Uh, it was created by Martin Nadell. And, you know, when you go back to the original character, you realize that he is... Um, you know, there's a lot of things. The original, uh, in this case, Green Lantern, he's not like the Green Lantern we know now. Of course, he was totally different, different outfit. Of course, he was really battling some baddies and criminals, so he was not doing all the cosmic stuff. It was not until Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan was introduced uh, in Showcase 22. That was 1959, and also was one of the important, uh, the key issues into the Silver Age of Comics, uh, created by John uh, Broom and Gil Kane. And that changed all. He became very popular. They introduced all the, the elements that we know now for for the character. And, uh, you know, in this case, the the place we was at, Coast City, you know, his relationship with Carol Ferris. You know, it, it was all the the whole thing about the Guardians and all of that. So, uh, But then, you know, there was another, you know, that a lot of people, some people might think he's um, definitely a bothersome character. Because I, I've never been, I would say, crazy. Uh, in this case about um, uh, Guy Gardner that was introduced actually in 1969. So it was introduced in the, in this case, in volume two Green Lantern. Uh, and also created by John Broome and Gil Kane. The way we know it now is because uh, through Steven Engelhardt and Joe Statton, uh back in the 80s when they actually turned him into this guy that, you know, this brash personality, that, you know, the guy that he's cocky and he thinks he's better than anybody else and he, you know, he picks a fight with everyone. But that was the '80s stuff, you know. Prior to that, he, he did have a little bit of an attitude, but not necessarily the attitude that we know him now. But I think over time, I have grown to admire uh, Guy Gardner for who he is, you know, as a character. Uh, the classic, uh, the, you know, in this case, American uh, guy that he he thinks too highly about himself, you know. It, it, he's he's who he is, and the people that some people hate, but oh, at the same time, the person that you want to have on your side because he's stubborn. And he would do the right thing, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons why he is he's popular. But then, of course, we also have Jon Stewart, who was introduced in 1971, created by Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams, and one of the most iconic runs for me for Green Lantern. And uh, I think uh, many people love Jon Stewart, of course, because they have watched it in the show, of course, on the Justice League animated show that came out uh, in the early 2000s. Um, That was definitely a show that I personally love. And of course, Jon Stewart was part of it. But in the comics, of course, um, he was a character that was introduced, if, you know, in this case uh, as a Black Green Lantern. And of course, you know, it was a very uh, in that moment, it creates some controversy. Of course, you know, we're talking about the 70s. There's a lot of struggles even in America, and even until now, we still have struggles about race. And uh, but yeah, it was an introduction to that. But Jon Stewart grew to become an important character in his own right, and uh, many people uh, admired Jon Stewart. Many people came to read Green Lantern. To John Stewart because at some point, of course, Hal Jordan retired from the the job of Green Lantern. So John Stewart took the pretty much the job. He became the Green Lantern of Earth. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a character that I would say that I also admire. I really appreciate. And, of course, it's been used a lot in recent comics. We also have Kyle Rayner that came out in the 90s. It was introduced in 1994, uh, created by Ron Mars and Daryl Banks. Of course, the introduction of Kyle Rayner, it was not the best, you know, because, you know, in that moment, uh, a lot of people are going to dislike what happened in the 90s with Hal Jordan and the way he actually killed the entire, you know, pretty much the Green Lantern corpse and all of that stuff that happened. He went crazy. He went bananas, and you know, so a lot of people are going to have mixed emotions, and I also am going to have mixed emotions with Ron Mars because of what he did. Uh, But I think Kyle Rayner gained a lot of followers because he was different. You know, during that time, I remember uh, I was not. It really didn't touch me as much what happened with the Green Lantern stuff during the '90s. Like some people really had, really, you know, got offended about the whole thing. But uh, to me, it was not the thing that I it really bothered me as much uh, because, of course, during that time, I was already um, you know doing other things, you know, with Emerald Twilight. I was doing, I uh, what reading other comics. You know, it didn't touch me as much as I would say the Dead and Return of Superman or, in this case, Nightfall, because those were the things that I was uh, the characters that I was paying more attention in comics. But definitely, you know, it, it was something. But you know, Kyle Rayner you know gained so much popularity over time people really love him a lot of people will they uh, you ask them who is your green lantern they will tell you cal Rayner is my green lantern uh, because they admire his his wit you admire his youthfulness his the way the the creation that he did he was different he was young and to me, that was a, a good part of it. And I think Kyle Rayner has become important. I think he's kind of forgotten nowadays. Even though now with Rebirth, we see him there as well. We see more of the character. But definitely, I think he was forgotten for a long time. Uh, and but it's a character that I think deserves also the attention. And um, of course, uh, during that time. But there's other other characters that also have been introduced uh, as that. You know, recently with the New 52. Although I'm not a be- big uh, a fan of the 50- 52. I you know I read some of the stuff. I really like some of this stuff. Some of the stuff I, not so much. But we have the introduction of Simon Bass, who is actually the first, uh, it's a Lebanese American. So, of course, you know, during that time with the, everything that is happening in the world and, of course, they did they, they, a lot of the, the hatred that a lot of uh, the Muslims and people from the Middle Eastern roots have, have you know, are having in this country or in, around the world because of situations that we, we have faced in this country, but also other parts of the world. But the, it was an introduction. I, I really kind of I wasn't too keen on it. Uh, But I really like it more I think with Rebirth. I think Rebirth has really made me appreciate uh, Bass a lot more. Of course also we have Jessica Cruz and uh, she was introduced uh, also in Justice League uh, 31 also part of the New 52 and of course now they they have this the Green Lanterns run and the Rebirth. I really like that uh, run. There's a team up between uh, in this case uh, uh, Simon and Jessica and in my opinion it's a good run, it is a good run, uh, because it's, it's very fresh, it's very new, and these characters are, are really great uh, together, working together, so, but there's been so many variations, so many characters, and, and you know when you think about the Green Lantern, you think about the main characters, of course, but you also think about the Green Lantern Corps, and when you think about the Green Lantern Corps, you have to think about the Guardians, about Oa, you have to think about also Jade, so she was also part of the Green Lanterns, the daughter of Alan Scott and Thorn, and, you think about also Sinestro, a great villain in my opinion, one of the greatest villains uh, in the DC universe. You think about Kilowog. I've always loved Kilowog. It's one of the, the characters that you really love. But know, he always used that expression "pooser." He always called everybody a pooser. I really love Kilowog. He's just a tough guy with a you know heart of gold. Avensor, of course, a you know the legendary Avensor. You have, you know, other characters like Arisia Mogo, the big Green Lantern planet. Uh, but you have a It's been always there too. Um, so you know, you, you see all these characters um being so alive, and there's so many Green Lanterns to rem- you know, I can just go on and on. Uh, but, you know, every one of them formed this big group, this intergalactic police force that it's, you know, very different and unique from different planets coming against some of the greatest threats of the gal. in this case of the universe, not the galaxy, the universe. And it's something that is really so, in my opinion, so refreshing about the way it is. You know, when you think about DC, sometimes DC, um, the problem with a lot of the superheroes with DC, like Batman, Superman, is sometimes they have this godlike Powers in, in many ways. Even Batman has become kind of godlike in so many ways, because you know he's treated like he's, this is super smart fella. You know he's super smart guy that can really think about that. You know, and that goes beyond who Batman was at the beginning. Uh, to me, Batman was a guy that was resourceful, yes, he had a lot of toys and he was smart and he was capable, but not necessarily he was like the wisest guy or the person that can, you know, the super geek in the world. I don't think he is, but they always present them in that way now, and that's why they present them that way. But I, I think that, um you know, and it, sometimes you feel that they, these heroes on Earth, they're not touching Earth. But the difference with Green Lantern is that now he is in space, and what I really like about Green Lantern is that even he's in space, he is not, you know, he's put at the same level of uh, the threats around him. So, you know, he's not more powerful than the villains he's facing. Sometimes he's less powerful than them. Even though he has the power of the ring, he's still not as powerful as some of those uh, enemies that he's confronting. And it's all about his willpower, his desire to really survive and to do the right thing. And that's something that is really adm- admir- admirable of this character, and actually the whole mythos of the Green Lantern. You know, the, uh, the oath is one of the greatest oaths of all times. I love it. It was introduced back in 1943. And in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. And it's one that, you know, people know, and it's so iconic just to hear it. When you watch it on on movies, on animation, when you read it in the comics, it's such a, a powerful, a you know, a, really a powerful oath that really it speaks volumes of you know the power of the light uh, on the, in darkness, and also that we carry the light and as a, personally as a christian i've always admired that oath i always find it so touching and you know because it talks about justice in the middle of injustice It talks about light in the middle of darkness and it's a theme that is very common within the christian faith and um uh, you know there's so many um throughout the years there's always been a lot of speculation who really wrote it nobody really knows but it's been there, and it's been there, and it's one that is so iconic, so memorable. I don't think any other hero has any saying. Of course, you always remember it with great power comes great responsibility. It's one of the most iconic in the... When you think about, you know, in this case, Marvel, you think about that expression, which is very iconic. But when you think about the DC Universe, you, you have to think about this one, the Green Lanterns Oath. I think it's the most iconic expression, and also is very, very powerful. But, you know, thinking about Green Lantern, you know, sometimes it's hard, um, you know, as many, you know, for as many of us that we don't really read the comics, all of them, and we get into comics, sometimes it can be overwhelming. And that's one of the things about the Green Lantern world, that it can be so overwhelming to really know exactly what are the stories that you should read because there's so many stories and sometimes it's so overwhelming to the point that you feel like you don't want to even start. You cannot even start when you don't know where to start. So you know you can go back in the history and go back all the way to the beginning and still feel like you haven't accomplished much. But there are stories that I personally have considered iconic over the years Particularly, I love the Green Lantern and Green Arrow, the Hard Traveling Heroes run by Dennis O'Neil and uh, Neil Adams. To me, it is an iconic run. Because, uh, of course, it's in the 70s. It is a time. Uh, there's two different personas, Hal Jordan and, of course, uh, Green Arrow. They're very different. They're very different. Uh, you know, Hal Jordan, Green Green Lantern, he's more conservative, while, in this case, Green Arrow is more liberal. So they really kind of, even up to this day, you know, it really represents the... the the times, you know, that we have differences in in this country. We have differences around the world, difference of opinion. But it's all about working together. And I think uh, when they created this storyline, which was actually the, the the step into the Bronze Age of comics, it really changed the way people saw uh, comic books. And um, definitely, it's a, a, a I would say a motor to change the way that not just about entertainment, but it's also about messages that are important for the readers to read. So to me, it's one of, a very iconic. Of course, Neil Adams' art is amazing. Uh, another one that I personally would recommend would be Gantt's uh, Tale, uh, written by Larry Niven, and the art is of John Byrne. It's a very small uh, issue. It's not big. It's just, you know, a single story. But it is a very important story. Uh, many consider the most beautiful and the best of the most iconic um, Green Lantern story. Of course, it's Green Lantern, and one of the Guardians Ganted. It. It's a very good story. Of course, I'm a big fan of John Byrne. So to, I'd recommend it to anyone. The art is great and the story is great. But we also have, you know, the Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corpse stories from the 80s. Which it's hard to really pinpoint which one because there's so many different stories in the 80s. Some people don't really look at that. A lot of people of course they're gonna always talk about Jeff Jones, and I do too. But if you go back to the, the 80s, there were a lot of great stories, you know, with the Green Lantern Corpse and the Green Lantern, you have writers like Mike W. Bar, Lynn Wien, Stephen Englehart, but you also have artists like, um, in this case, Dave Gibbons, Joe Statton, and Gil Kane, some of the greatest artists in comics. And the art is amazing, uh, very iconic. So to me, uh, my youngest re- recollections of the Green Lantern are based on the art of these guys. And um, even though I didn't read it as much, I, I remember the art vividly in the 80s, and uh, definitely those are iconic. And now that I've been having the time to really go back again throughout the years and read some of the old stories. I, I really appreciate the stories, very good. They kind of cemented, they put the base for a lot of the stuff that later on came with Jeff Jones. They, they Jeff Jones took inspiration from a lot of these guys. But also, I, I think about Emerald Dawn, uh, one and two, uh, written by Kit Giffen. You got Jared Jones and M.D. Bright. The art is amazing too. That was at the end of the eighties, and also was the step into what Ron Mars would do later. I, I really, really appreciate those stories. Uh, you know, I definitely like those. You know, great stories, uh, great art. M.D. Bright, I've always admired his art. Uh, now, Green Lantern by Ron Mars, of course You know, in the in the 90s, in the mid-90s You start seeing the Emerald Twilight Which is very controversial, of course But you have to really, you want to understand the What came afterwards And, of course, the New Dawn, Emerald Nights Which I actually like And, of course, Kyle Rayner introduced there And, to me, that's I think that's the best part. I think at least we got a new, because at the end of the day, Green Lantern is not—it's not about Hal Jordan, you know. It's about the power of these guardians, you know. In this case, the power of these protectors of the universe, you know, led by the Guardians. Uh, Also, of course, but then you have to read Jeff Jones' run that really reshape things and brought back Hal Jordan to the Green Lantern Corps, Reshaped the Green Lantern Corps with Rebirth, which I, I recommend. The Sinestro Corps War, I really love Sinestro. Again, he's one of the greatest villains in the DC Universe. Blackest Night, also a great recommendation. And, and to me, Jeff Jones is like the Jim Starling of the DC Universe. Um, Jim Starling, of course, created some of the greatest uh, cosmic stories and some of the cosmic heroes and villains that we actually now are even enjoying through the media, you know, through television, through movies, through all of that. He was the one that shaped all of those characters. And although Jeff Jones didn't, you know, he didn't have, I would say, as much as Jim Starling as creating something from scratch because he took a lot of inspiration from a lot of different artists, he has constructed a universe, a cosmic universe that to me is in parallel with, in this case, Marvel's, Marvel's universe, uh, a cosmic universe. And, and to me, I think Jeff Jones is at the top because of that. Uh, I, you know, I, I consider a great writer. And, but you also have Green Lantern Corps uh, by Dave Givens. Uh, I really like that recharge, of course, during that time. Also with Jeff Jones, uh, Dave Gibbons started uh, creating this, and uh, he created, uh, wrote, uh, in this case, recharge with Jeff Jones. But he went into his own run, and I really enjoyed that run because it really kind of shaped, gave more flesh. He fleshed out in this case the characters from the like kilowalk and all these characters from the green lantern corpse and i really enjoy that actually that run uh, but also i like green lanterns by sam humphrey like i was mentioning humphrey's i was mentioning it earlier and it's part of the rebirth when you have uh um, this case as simon bass and jessica cruz coming on a together in a team up and i really like the interaction some people might not like this story might find it the plus not as good uh, you know not as deep but i really enjoyed the ride and i really enjoyed the characters uh, again, it was Sam Humphreys, the one that started the run, uh, I think on until issue 30-something. I don't remember which one exactly. Then Tim Sealy took over, and Dan Jorgens then took over. But we also have to think about Green Lantern on um, the terms of uh, television and uh, cinema. You know, there is always that aspect of it. Also, the Green Lantern has been involved in so many different shows, in, in, in movies, animated movies primarily, and one film that a lot of people don't want to remember. But when we go back at the beginning, the first show where Green Lantern was, you know, what seen on TV was the Superman and Aquaman hour, hour of adventure that came out in 1967. Very classic. I don't even remember that, you know, because of course I wasn't born in that time during that time. The Aquaman show. I have watched some of the episodes later on in life, but I, I don't remember. What I do remember is Super Friends, because that's in my time. That came out in the late 70s. That's during my time. And I remember it as a kid watching Super Friends and he was part of it. Of course, you know, there were other things. There was a show in the in the in the in the 80s called The Super Power Team. Only lasted for one season. It wasn't not popular, so of course they didn't make it. Uh, but there are also the Superman animated series. They, I think Kyle Rayner did some cameos there. But then of course you have Justice League. In my in this case with Jon Stewart. I really love Justice League and Jon Stewart was phenomenal there. And Doc Dodgers, also, they have you know a Green Lantern story. Of course, this is more like a parody of Green Lantern. Uh, but it has done a lot of cameos with so many different uh, shows, like Static Shock. Then Justice League Unlimited, Unlimited, well, you have Jon Stewart, but also you saw Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner. Uh, Justice League, The New Frontier. The New Frontier, to me, it's I, I love the comic book. Uh, it's one of those comics that I do recommend anyone to read. Um, I, I, I forgot on the list that I was mentioning. The new frontier, in my opinion, it's a must-read uh, because also has one of the best interpretations of Green Lantern, in my opinion. Of course, goes back to the beginning. It's Hal Jordan, but goes back to. The the pretty much the start of the Silver Age and the character and its persona. So it really loves that. Uh, it really uh, um it really honors that. Uh, and Darwin Cook did a fantastic job writing that. So but the animated uh, uh, movie, I think it takes uh, you know it, even though in the the ending takes some some liberties. At the end of the day, I, I would say it is a great animated film that needs to be watched. I really enjoy it. Uh, also, Green Lantern First Flight uh, came out in two thousand nine. I love that film. It's one of my favorite films of the DC universe, um, the DC animated films. Really love it. A great introduction to the character. Uh, it was, to me, was groundbreaking when he came out. You also saw Batman, the Brave and the Bold. You have seen Alan Scott, Guy Garner. And also Hal Jordan, you have seen some uh, appearances there. I really love that show, but of course it's centered around Batman, uh, Justice League, Crisis on, on Two Earths. Of course, the, in this case, Hal Jordan was there. Green Lantern movie, which we're not really going to talk much about. We're going to talk. Let's just talk about it because I can tell you one thing: I am. I wouldn't say that I'm a hater of the film. I really like Ryan Reynolds. As an actor, and I do think that in that part, his persona, in actually his, you know, outfit, all of that match well. I really love actually the the CGI, everything they did, the way they represent Oa. I really like that. It wasn't bad, but of course, some people say it was too cheesy. Definitely, Parallax was a joke. You know, all the the, the villain, all of that was really poorly managed. But of course, you have to remember that this was done prior to the DC really setting the stage for even their Justice League universe. But there, you know, I would say that, that was that was good for what it was. It's enjoyable. I own the movie. I'm not going to deny it. I'm proud of it. But you know, I don't necessarily feel that this is the best thing that ever happened. Uh, but you know, it was fun for what it was. But of course, you know, you also have Green Lantern Emerald Knights, which also is my favorite animated Green Lantern film after I would say first flight, because it really goes into the Green Lantern corpse and Give stories of each character, and I really love that one. It's one of my favorite ones. Probably after I finished recording this, I'm going to watch it again. I was watching a uh, flight, uh, first flight last night. Now, the Green Lantern animated series, which is done with CGI, I really enjoy too. I don't, I think it's underappreciated, but I really enjoy what they were trying to accomplish with that. Uh, you know, of course, you know, again, you know, he uh, Green Lantern has done a lot of cameos uh, through John Justice. Then we have Justice League Doom. Uh, you have Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox. He was part of that. Justice League War. A lot of Lego movies with a lot of, uh, in this case, um, with Hal Jordan and I think also with Jon Stewart. But, you know, I, I'm not going to, I really don't watch Lego movies. I really don't care much about it. You got uh, the Justice League Turn of Atlantis. You got the Justice League Dark. The Death of Superman. He was there too. The Reign of the Superman. Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Oh, this is with Jessica Cruz and uh justice league dark apocalypse war which is the last one i reviewed my channel and now we know that there is a a show that is coming very soon um actually well it's in pre-production they uh for hbo max it is planned for that of course right now everything is about the justice league snyder cut that is coming next year so i'm guessing this is going to happen after that so it might not happen until 2022 2023 if everything goes according to plan and but they want to do the same thing a mini series based on the character and in this case the 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 green lantern corpse uh, and it's interesting just to think about it because you know when you come to think about uh green lantern unfortunately there haven't been, been that many films besides the first flight and uh, in this case emerald knights There haven't been so many different variations of green lantern mostly green lantern and he's been part of television and movies for so long animated films primarily but it's been always about you know him being part of the justice league or being a i would say another character on a batman film or a batman animated film and um That to me is kind of disappointing because the character I think deserves that. Deserves that. You know, you can see it with First Fly. You can see it with Emerald Knights, which in my opinion are some of the best animated films in the, pretty much in the DC universe. I like it more than others. Uh, it's all about the Green Lantern corpse. I think when you really manage, you have a good script and when you write it well and you you understand the character well, you definitely can really create that. Because sometimes people say, and I heard this comment before, because you know the, the fail movie, a lot of people think well, Green Lantern is not a good character to have his own solo movie. I've read that many times before. And I disagree. He is a good character. It depends how you write the character and you create, expand this universe in a way that you respect the sort of material. You know, some people want everything to be dark. Of course we have the Green Lantern little cameo on the Justice League film, which was just there and it was never really full fleshed out, fully fledged out. But I do believe that you can do that. You know, for example, when you go back and look at the other side at Marvel, you know how in this case God was able to really pull, in this case, the Guardians of the Galaxy in in a way that people really appreciated. A character that was really dark in the very obscure uh, beyond people that really read comics. Not even all the comic book readers knew the characters. Uh, But, you know, they were able to do it. And I do feel that if you're able to pull it, because at the end of the day, the Green Lanterns represent the center core of the cosmic adventures at DC. I do believe that you can really do it. You know, you just have to do it well. And I feel that they can do it. Yeah, the film is not the, I would say, what really says that the character is bad, because the character has never been bad, it's just, you know, the perception of some people, they think the character is no work. There's no stories to tell. And actually, there's plenty of stories to tell. Like I was mentioning here, I have gone through so many, through all this time that I've been in this podcast, I've been talking about so many stories throughout the years, since the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, 80s. You can take from any part of the, the the history of the character. You can take so many stories and uh, you are definitely gonna come ahead. But also uh, Green Lantern has been part of video games. He's been primarily uh, as a character in the Justice League video games. For example, uh, I, you know, but it started with the Game Boy uh, Advance times. You have the Justice League and Justice for All. Chronicles, Then Justice League Heroes that I really enjoy came out in 2006. Uh, I played it on the Xbox, uh, came out on the PS2, and also PSP. I also have the PSP version, also the DS. Then you have Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. A lot of people don't like it. I have fun with it. Justice League Heroes Unlimited, which was an arcade game that really didn't see much light uh, around. It was not really a great game. Batman, the Brave and the Bold. you have that on the Wii and the DS. Of course, as Guy Garner, he does a cameo, uh, during, I think, in the, in the game. It's a great game for the Wii. You got Green Lantern, Rise of the Manhunters, based on the film, the 2011 film. Not a good game. It's It's okay. I'm not going to say that it's bad because you can enjoy it for what it is. But uh, it's not, a real because at the end of the day, it's based on the film, you know, so it's not that great of a film, so it's not a great of a, uh, it was was an empty barren land in many ways. So that was the disappointment. It had potential, though. I really like Works design there. Uh, You also had, you know, many games that had come out for, uh, in this case, for mobile, for the PC, you got the Lego games, the Lego Batman games, you got Justice League Earth Final Defense came out on the uh, iOS and Android, Injustice got Among Us, I really enjoyed it. Joy and of course Injustice 2 Scribble Nuts Unmask. Um, a lot of people love that. I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm too crazy about Scribble Nuts. Uh, you know, and this other veins Cameos on the Family Guide the Quest for Stuff. Uh, Infinite uh, Infinite Crisis came out on PC and ultimately was shut down. It was bad. I don't know why. I don't think it wasn't popular. Uh, you got the DC Legends for Android and PC. Uh, you know and so on and so on so there's so many games We have DC super villains came out uh, this came out on the ps4 Xbox one switch on PC But mostly it's all about him being part of again of Batman stories or being part of the in this case The Justice League and more than just his own game and you know I, I've heard comments people saying, well he again. He's you cannot have a movie for him he, You cannot have a video game for him that people being you know feel like they can enjoy and i do believe that there is an options there there are actually opportunities for this character well written well produced to have a fantastic you know video game just for you know green lantern you know the universe of green lantern is so vast you can have multiple things adventures in multiple universes planets i think people can enjoy it and have fun with it it's just how they produce it um I do believe that it is possible. I think that the video game came out in 2011, um, based on, of course, on the film. I think it had the right, it had the, you know, in this case, it had the right idea, but it had a really bad application. And uh, if they would have done it better, um, I, I, I would say that the game could have been a lot better than what it was. But you know, it is what it is. You know, definitely, I would love to see it more about that you know right now of course you know the only time that i re- i can get to really play if i go back and play the you know in this case they the in this case the original justice league heroes which i do play from time to time on my xbox 360 because of course it's backward compatible with it Um, But, you know, most of the time I just play Injustice 2 because, I, you know, I can play with Green Lantern. uh, And that's about it. But I would love to have not just a fighting game, but a story-driven game with, in this case, Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, Guy Garner. Who who, doesn't matter. It it could be the entire Green Lantern Corps, and I will have fun with it. But definitely, this is a character, like I was saying earlier, that is misunderstood and undervalued by so many. But when you really look at it, when you go back at the history of it, you realize how important he has been for the entire DC Universe, for DC Comics, in so many different ways. Um, It's a character that is larger than life, I think is more popular now than ever. Um, when it's well written, like Jeff Jones did, uh, you have great stories there. Not everyone is going to love Jeff Jones' take on it. But um, ultimately, I feel that it's a character that is rich in history, that uh, they're very different. Well, that's what I love about uh, Green Lantern. When you think about Superman, you only think about one Superman. That's it, Clark Kent. When you think about Batman, you think about Bruce Wayne. That's it you know when you think about wonder woman you think of prince diana now flash has different of course versions different people that carry that name but each one has been important as well but i do believe green lantern when you think about green lantern not only think about you know most of us we think about hal jordan but beyond hal jordan you have to think about the corpse you have to think of each character that formed part of this body and you know and this body of you know of defense the universe defense and each one is different, you know. Each one is unique, and each one brings something new to the table. And uh, I really enjoy the character. I think this 80 years it's a it's a testament of how important this character has been. Even though he has been misunderstood, even though he hasn't been appreciated as much, I do believe that character uh, people see it for who he is, and he is definitely an A lister. You know, back in the day, I could have considered him a B lister when I was younger and I and stupid. And naive, you know, some people might consider him an A minus character, but I can say that he is deserves, you know, to be who he is. He is at the pantheon of great characters, and pretty much in the DC universe, and is well deserved. So I want to say today to, in this case, Green Lantern, whether whether it's Hal Jordan, John Stewart, you know, you know, whoever, all of them, Alan Scott. I want to say happy 80th anniversary, happy birthday to DC. Congratulations to DC for this achievement. They have really, you know, kept this character alive for so many years with great stories. Some not so good, you know, some moments that they dropped the ball for sure, but ultimately he's a character that is larger than life and deserves the recognition. But what is your opinion, what do you think? Are you a fan of Green Lantern? Who is your Green Lantern? Who is your favorite Green Lantern? Let me know in the comments below. If you're watching this in YouTube, if you're watching, listening to the podcast, you can come to Facebook, you can go to Twitter, you can go even to Instagram, I have the links in the description, and you can share with me how you feel about it. So my friends, God bless you, take care, and I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.